WNEX. Make it, we gon', we gon' get down, dear. Don't forget tonight at Uncle Sam's, the Wolfman, live in person. I want to hear you say it's all right. Say it's all right. Boss Radio, 93KHJ. Welcome back to Radio What Happened, episode number 24. I'm Terry Bettis with my long-lost podcast partner, Jim Christofferson. Yeah, Terry, we've had a couple of regular listeners ask, are you ghosting us? So we might consider changing the name from Radio What Happened to Podcast What Happened. Yeah, it's just part of the trials and tribulations of doing a podcast while working full-time with a real job during this unusual pandemic. Right. It's more of a avocation than an occupation, but we'll do better going forward. Now, in this episode 24, we'll give you some updates, one of which is, as we've been saying for eight months now, commercial radio celebrates 100 years of service in November of 2020. So let's put on our party hats and salute this great industry. Yeah, since uh, we just turned the uh, calendar over to November, it's quite timing. It's quite... uh, Timeful? Is that a word? Timeful? Timeful or timely? Timely, I think is probably timely is the correct word. The presidential election results on KDKA in Pittsburgh back in November of 1920, which um, is an AM station that is still on the air. Absolutely. Um, Commercial radio started on that day. Uh, Radio goes back to like 1919 or so, but the anniversary of commercial radio is those election results. And the big news uh, about AM radio, the new commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission is apparently a big fan of AM radio and he wants to do some things to save it. So coming soon, AM will be able to go all digital all the time and deliver a crystal clear signal on the AM dial. Now that's uh, supposing you have a digital AM receiver? Oh, yeah, you, you definitely need, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second, but you definitely need an AM receiver that okay. accepts so, stereo. I guess Steely Dan would then have to re-record their song and change the lyrics to AM, no static at all? <laughs> well, yes, uh, but there are some challenges that AM operators will face. We'll give you an update on that and give you an update on the future guests of our program, Radio What Happened. And finally, and we've had some requests for this, we've got some great audio, including another segment of Chicken Man. Mm. Plus, we'll discuss radio station promos, including the one that everybody remembers, the last contest from KCBQ in San Diego. But first, as always, a word from our commercial announcer. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Plywood in the Pines Apartments, the exciting new all-adult apartment complex for single persons who have no children, pets, or felony convictions within the past 30 days. He is so funny, and uh, I guess I guess if I'm going to think about Plywood in the Pines, I, I missed that by at least one of the criteria that he established. <laughs> well, Just I joking, so. I'm not a felon. I'm not I hope, a felon. I hope so. Uh, All right, now for that update on AM radio before we get to our audio. That okay? Yes, absolutely. All right, so is AM radio going all digital all the time? The FCC has approved a measure to allow AM radio broadcasters to voluntarily drop their analog service 
in favor of static-free digital. What's interesting is that it's voluntary. And Terry, do you remember a couple of years ago, the FCC ruled that television stations were required to stop broadcasting their analog system and force them to convert to digital, which was a very expensive process. So television had to do it. Radio is given the option of doing it. Again, the new commissioner of the FCC seems to be a big radio big radio fan. Now, according to some research that I've done, this is an article from Inside Radio, there have been some 70 million AM and FM HD receivers shipped to North America with 90% still in use. And that's an estimated 61 million high definition receivers installed in automobiles, where radio still, of course, is, uh, is the king. Virtually all of these HD receivers will satisfactorily receive an all digital AM signal. However, AM broadcasters will need to make their own decisions as to whether it's a solid business proposition or not to convert to AM uh, digital. There are significant reasons in favor of an AM station conversion to all digital based on AM all digital station tests, and they've had one in effect for the last year or so. The high definition audio quality for listeners can be static free right out to the periphery of the station's service area. So for instance, if you've got a 5,000 watt radio station and, the, and, and, and it goes out about 60 miles, you'll have all digital static free signal right to that extent. And then of course it, uh, it drops off. There's some, other, there's some other issues with it, including spark plugs in cars and, and atmospherical electric charges adjacent channels, um, even listeners in automobiles with poor filtering and choking for today's complement of vehicle computers uh, still should enjoy a far superior AM listening experience. Some HD radios will display AM station call letters and graphics and give you that little line of information. I think probably the, the takeaway that I get is all digital operation um, could very well cost a lot of money. Some estimates are $250,000. So if you've got an AM radio station right now and you're selling $5 spots on it or giving it away as part of an FM broadcast that you're doing, the, um, you know, the, the, the cost of doing that may be so significant that you, that you wouldn't even want to consider going all digital. It's got a, it's got a lot of pluses, uh, but boy, in, in anything other than maybe a large or a major market uh, operation, don't know that it's going to be something that... Um, that AM stations will, AM station owners will consider in a smaller market. So if if they do go digital, for instance, in their say 1340 on the radio dial, their analog system will be broadcast, will no longer be there. So if you're if you're listening to an AM station in your car, you don't have an HD receiver, all you're going to hear is some kind of a static or something. You won't you won't hear anything. So so again, there could be a programming loss. Anyhow, awfully early in the game. Uh, to know exactly how it's going to play out. But it, it, is, it is interesting that the commissioner and the commission are really trying to come up with ways to, to, save, to save AM radio. And if anybody would like any other information on it, go to the FCC website. Very simple to remember that. It is FCC.gov. What do yeah, you think? I think? I think it's going to be very interesting which stations uh, choose to do that and which stations don't. I think probably most people would think that most AM uh, audiences right now are older. And I think those might be harder to uh, transition into a digital 
um, receiver uh, into uh, the changes that would be required. I, uh, add that to the cost. I think it's going to be very interesting to see which stations decide to do this and which don't. Yeah. Well, of course, in this day and age, it's all content. So you're right. AM typically has a much older demographic or older profile. And, and people say in my age group really don't really care about the crystal clear signal as long as they're getting the content that they provide. But if there is a crystal clear signal, they'll have not only their primary channel, but they'll have sub channels that they can program on. They can do a lot of different things. And, and, and if the content is right, if it moves from say 50s and 60s oldies, as a lot of AM stations are now, or all talk, if the content is compelling, uh, they'll be able to expand their audience and compete again on a more even field with, with FM. But you're right, way too early in the game to see how it's all going to play out. But it's interesting on the 100th anniversary of commercial radio, AM has this opportunity to, to come into the 21st century. What will also be interesting is how they will promote the switch to AM digital. And as we say promote, uh, that leads us into our next uh, segment of uh, radio station promotions. And just right off the top of your head, what were some promotions that your stations did that you can remember? Well, we, um, I think the best one that I ever did, do you remember the, the television show, The Wonder Years? Yes. Fred Savage and, and whatnot. One of my favorite shows, all the kids enjoyed watching that too. I actually put together a contest that we had a, a talent search in, in Abilene, but where the radio station that I owned was. We had a talent search at the mall and people were to come up and just, it was like a, like a star search or um, American Idol well before it happened. And then we, uh, we picked one winner and sent that winner to Los Angeles to sit in on a taping of the Wonder Years and have a walk-on part which uh, it took me about a year to put all of that together. But of all of the things that I've done, I think that probably was the most significant, uh, probably the, the most successful. And looking back on it now, I don't know how the heck that happened. I mean, just try to do something like that now. It's astonishing. But there is one episode of The Wonder Years, and you can see the, uh, the person who won the contest on the show. So that, that, was, that was probably the, the contest that I think about that, that uh, warms my heart the most. But there are dozens, dozens of others. You know, we, we sent somebody to Italy one time. We sent somebody to Mexico that turned out to be a complete horrible situation. You know, when they got there, they didn't have hotel rooms and all this other stuff that I tried to arrange for it. But mostly we would use contesting in an effort to get people to set appointments, you know, stand by, you got to, and we would do like green stampedes. Do you remember green stamps? We'd have the, yeah, million, green, the million green stampedes. So we'd have like these big numbers, 335,000 green stamps. So be listening. And what you try to do is set an appointment to get them to listen a little bit longer or to get them to write down a time that they should be listening. So they might be able to translate that into an Arbitron diary. So most of the contests were like high, low, you know, getting people to to respond and and uh, and and that. But then, of course, there are there's a difference between contests and promotions. I think the promotion 
the contest that everyone remembers is the one that you're going to be talking about in a minute, the last contest. The promotion that everyone seems to remember is the turkey promotion on WKRP. And I've, I've not had anything quite that spectacular, but I've had some turkey promotions over the years too. How about you? Yeah, there were some that were turkeys. Now, um, in the mid-70s, uh, you know, our thing was giving away t-shirts and giving away tickets and uh, movie tickets and concert tickets. And, you know, because back then in the market that I was at, we'd have a concert, a major concert every week, every two weeks, even though it was a medium market. So there were always people wanting um, tickets to the concerts, but nothing really big, a couple of trips. But what was interesting, I'm also on a uh, Facebook group uh, of past DJs, and they got to talking last week about different contests. And some of the major markets, the, the things they did were absolutely incredible. One guy said, yeah, we'd give away, you know, 10 Corvettes every year. We would send people all over the world. We would do, we would do all kinds of giveaways, and it was just second nature. They had the budget, they had the, um, uh, the promotional opportunity for the sponsors to give away major, major prices, uh, prizes. And I was just never in a market that big to experience anything like that. But what I always heard about was a promotion that KCBQ in San Diego put on called the last contest. And um, just listening to some of the promos, um, obviously, uh, their intent was to make it sound uh, bigger than anything previously done by the radio station. And so they would have all these prize packages. And the prize packages were um, incredible. They would say prize package number 50, your own mansion in, uh, you know, Italy that uh, comes with a full uh, butler and maid staff, uh, you know, and two, two Rolls Royce cars in the driveway for your uh, get around, um, you know, uh, for getting you around the countryside. And it would just sound like there's no way they would give that away. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way they promoted it was probably the best thing that I've ever, ever heard. And a lot of radio people, uh, if you talk to them today, they will remember uh, the last contest. And we've got some audio that we wanted to play. It's some promos and some uh, air checks of the radio station during that time. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I don't know exactly which year this was, but this is one of the greatest radio promotions and contests ever. It was called the last contest. KCBQ. Still picking up more rumors that we aren't giving away enough houses or cars. That we never offer chariots with matched stallions or ski lodges or swimming pools or diamonds from Tiffany's. Thank you for your calls. We've got the message and we think you're right. Within the week, KCBQ will make a major announcement. KCBQ. KCBQ. The station that gave you the great ripoff, keep on trucking, the great blow-off, and too many others to even mention. But now I'd like to make an official apology to you for all the rumors which are spreading about us. Some say we don't give away enough houses or cars, or that we never offer Corvettes or ocean sailing yachts or Ferraris or airplanes or trips around the world or Boeing 727s. KCBQ, 
will officially end all these rumors. Coming soon, KCBQ presents... The Last Contest. all over the world. A treasure so vast it would take millions of dollars to even begin to assemble it. If you think something big is on its way to San Diego, maybe you're right. The last contest. KCBQ San Diego. Six o'clock. You look like you fell into the ITT paper shredder. It's 6 o'clock, and this is Charlie Tuna with the last contest. I was saying good morning at this point, but saying good morning at this hour is like jogging two miles to buy a pack of cigarettes. KCBQ. Simply call in to win $5.987 million in prizes. KCBQ, the early bird... For Michael Jackson this morning, with Charlie Tuna in your tweeter, we'll have the entire prize package number 156 on your woofer in a minute. Excuse me. All these Lincoln Continentals and all these items to you from KCBQ. If you choose prize package number 156, part of prize package number 157 within minutes. So keep it right here on KCBQ. KCBQ, where Chris Kane will be offering a diamond ring worth more than $14,000 later this morning in the last contest. $5.987 million in prizes. Here's a small example. Part of prize package number 158 will include something Sophia Loren could get into. Put me a little girl. Swing area. 728. I'll have the entire price package, number 158, in 60 seconds. Over the hills. We'll now take you for a ride in price package 158. Unbelievable as it may sound, price package number 158 is a brand new 1972 Flaming Fire Red 246 GT Dino Ferrari. Ferrari. Like a thoroughbred racehorse, a machine that simply wants to run. You can choose the Ferrari or any other price package offered so far on KCBQ. A little late, folks, so that's it. At Kansas for Charlie Tuna. See you back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Christopher Kane is next with the last contest. KCBQ San Diego. This is Christopher Kane with the last contest. A little after 9 o'clock. Smells like the Avon lady in there this morning, man. She's got something going on the side. Or maybe in front. Who knows? KCBQ in your basic two-step at Elk John. Doing fine. Tiny dancing. Christopher King.
909. KCBQ with more prize package 162. Only minutes away. I'd stick around for that. 917. Hi, I'm Jimmy D. KCBQ with Christopher K. 926. Later on this morning, I'll be offering a $14,000 diamond ring. You guys want to put that rock right in the corner? Thank you very much. KCBQ hurting each other. Formerly a combat rerun. Carpenters and Christopher K. 941. For people who need a working... KCBQ, an entire prize package, 162, only one minute away, 948. I'm here to shuffle. Necessary. Here is the entire prize package number 162 to you from the queue. A maid for eight full years. KCBQ, who am I talking to? Randy Murdoch. You are the first winner in KCBQ's last contest. Fantastic. <laughs> Which prize package number do you choose? 143. That prize package is a beautiful, brand new, 1972 Triumph Spitfire Convertible. Oh, beautiful. And a 16-foot Hobie Cat for sightseeing wherever you want to go in the ocean, man. How about that? Fantastic, man. You're going to join the crowd right now. The Hobie Cat. KCBQ. Well, now discontinue offering the large prize packages that we have been. They're simply too small. Within the week, we continue with the last contest. Jack McCoy, the last contest. Very, very influential. For 100 years now to commercial radio, we're nearly 50 years. That thing was 48 years ago, back in 1972. And again, still top of mind. You talk about burning something into your consciousness. I think most people, certainly our age or younger, will, will say that was the contest that influenced them the most when it comes to radio broadcasting. Yeah, and I think every package uh, in that contest was worth approximately $25,000. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that was the last contest. So great audio from 1972. And finally, uh, today, we have been wanting to play this and just haven't had the time. But we're going to play you another episode of the fantastic radio series from Dick Orkin uh, in the Radio Ranch. And this, um, we got this from Lisa Orkin when we did an interview with her. Uh, back in June, I believe, of this year. This is episode number 75 of Chicken Man. Now, another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. Chicken Well... Because numerous explosions, fires, and other disasters have repeatedly ravaged Midland City Hall, a brand new million-dollar structure has finally been constructed. Oh, how the sun shines brightly this day as the proud mayor of Midland City steps forward at the gala new City Hall dedication ceremonies. Dear friends, on this day when the sun shines so brightly on a wonderful city, it is with great pride that I stand in the sunshine and say to you... Among the many city officials present for this important event is the police commissioner of Midland City, 
and is chopping away. How long are we going to sit in this downpour, Norton? Uh, first, the mayor gives his speech entitled Our New Day in the Sunshine. Oh, help us. Someone help us. Yes, by the way, Miss Helfinger, my secretary. Yes, my commissioner. Where is the winged warrior? Sitting right behind you. Where? The thing that looks like a drowned eagle. Oh, yes, there he is. What happens after the mayor's speech? Well, the winged warrior plans a few appropriate remarks. Oh, help us. Someone help us. Is there some trouble here, Commissioner? It's all right, winged warrior. Oh, Norton, what on earth was that? The winged warrior. It looked like a drowned eagle. Thank you, thank you. Now may introduce Midland City's crushing answer to lawlessness and our evil. What's his name? Uh, Chicken Man. Is he here? Right behind you. You mean the drowned eagle? Yes. Oh. The wonderful white-winged drowned eagle. Uh, that's Chicken Man. Yeah, stand beside me, boy. Thank you. Uh, good citizens, I certainly welcome this grand opportunity Get to, to appear... Get to Here's the champagne bottle. No, thank you. I do not indulge when appearing as the... christening. Oh, yes. And therefore, it is with Hurry great... Up. ...that I hereby dedicate this new city hall for Midland City. Again, winged warrior. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful... Well, wasn't that a swell christening? Won't the people who read the morning papers be surprised? Drowned Eagle wrecks New City Hall. What do you think? I think they will. Thank you, Lisa Orkin. We'll have to get her back. She was delightful. Of course, she does her own podcast, too. So Lisa Orkin gave us episode 75 of Chicken Man. They are all available. And she said sometime this year, uh, the Tooth Fairy is going to be available as well, too. So if you're like us, if you're a big Dick Orkin fan, uh, check out her website and, 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 get, uh, and get that. Uh, our next program will feature John Sebastian, a legendary programming genius who was among a small group of amazingly talented radio guys who successfully programmed stations in very large markets at a very young age. Right now, he's creating some buzz in the industry on a new format that he's designed to reach baby boomers like you and me, Terry. It's called The Wow Factor. Wow, that's great. And here's how to get in touch with us. We've had a few emails in the, since we were last uh, on the air, so to speak. But if you have an air check or an item you'd like to share, send an email to radiowhathappened at gmail.com or look us up on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and now Pandora. Nice. And join us again in our next program, which will be episode number 25, when we ask the question of the week. Radio, what happened? Shotgun Tom Kelly at 334. The Sun City Streaker. X Rock 80. El Paso. KLIF trucking through traffic at a 524 mark. 89W. Plus Radio. 93KHJ.